This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, Shredders. Welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen. I'm your host, Jen Cates, and I'm excited because today's interview is with a couple of outstanding individuals in our cycling community with The Cycle Effect, which is a Colorado-based nonprofit, and they really focus on building mentorship and community in the mountain biking community that we have here across, I think, about four to five country, or countries, four to five counties here in Colorado. And they do focus on 10 to 18-year-old girls and female-identifying individuals, and, and they just try to mentor them up and, and lift them up through mountain biking, teaching them mountain biking and, and making mountain biking more accessible. And, and I'm excited because this is something I'm so extremely passionate about, and I'm excited to see that it's in our local community. And we've been kind of, you know, working on, on trying to schedule this interview uh, for the past few weeks. And of course, with the holidays and everything, you know how that is. But also, cream on the, the top of, of everything here is that one of the folks that I'm interviewing, I actually got to meet and ride with. And I, of course, EC, you can, you can vouch for how excited I was when I found out you were with the cycle effect. Um, but I was so excited because I felt like our paths literally crossed at the right time. And with further ado, no further ado here, uh, I want to go ahead and present a couple of individuals from The Cycle Effect. So we have Brett Donaldson, who is the founder, and then one of the coaches and employees, EC Luna. So welcome to you both. Thank you for joining us. Seriously, I can't be more excited. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to allow you to talk about what the heck The Cycle Effect is all about and, and what really kind of sparked this mission that you have, Brett. Sure. Well, thank you uh, for having us. Uh, sorry, we didn't get to meet in the desert, but I'm sure we'll ride bikes together in the near future. Um, so my wife and I, Tam, we live in the Vale area in Edwards, Colorado. And I used to, uh, I've kind of been a lifelong athletic coach through ski racing and soccer and things like that. And so I've always had this um, passion for helping youth through sports and, and things like that. And so essentially, uh, when I retired from ski rates coaching, um, you know, I was a personal trainer and I was kind of lost that community connection and also that uh, daily um, connection to athletes that I had before. And so we, uh, my wife and I thought, you know, how can we help our community? Our new passion was mountain biking. And, you know, how can we make a, hopefully a, a bigger impact than we were when I was coaching ski racing. And really what it came down to is the problem that we were made aware of was that so many um, of our young high school girls, and then also BIPOC and, underser- and underserved girls um, were uh, not graduating from high school. So I think it was like one in, out of three or something like that mm-hmm. back when we were seeing this data 10, 15 years ago. And so we thought, you know, how can we help? How can we have sports help that mountain biking was the thing we liked. So we just started, you know, kind of putting together this program and we were volunteering for the first couple of years. We were under the umbrella of another organization back in 2010. And what we the the girls that were provided to us were uh, you know from this organization said hey why don't you try this program with these girls and, and try it out and so 
uh, nine out of 10 of them were Latino. And I had, you know, Tam, Tam's from Australia. I'm from upstate New York and was a ski coach. And so I didn't have much experience at all with the Latino community. Um, but we said, yeah, let's, let's do this. And as long as they're okay with us, <laughs> we're obviously mm-hmm. okay with working mm-hmm. uh, with these kids. And so um, that kind of, when we, when we started with that program, we just, we realized like there was something really special there. There was something really special about this specific group of girls. There was something really specific about this specific demographic in the mountain bike world. There was no one else really um, that we knew of pushing this hard. And so we just kind of kept saying yes to opportunities. And next thing, you know, we took it on as the cycle effect as our own organization in 2013. And the population that we were serving just continued to show up. And so we're like, you know what, we're doing something right in some way to help um, this community, whether, you know, it was just our Edwards community at that point. But then in 2013, we grew into Summit County and Eagle, which is another community in the Eagle County area. Um, And then I think a couple of years, it was about three or four years ago, we grew into Grand Junction and um, we grew into Route County up in Steamboat area two years ago. Um, So it's kind of had this pretty standard, like, nonprofit growth uh, that we're that we're pretty proud of. Um, there's certainly been a lot of lessons we've learned, but the the reality is now we're working with 315 girls where we provide 100% of anything they need uh, to ride bikes. And so that's equipment, that's coaching, that's 80 days of coaching a year, that's food, it's race nutrition, it's race entries, all those types of things to make sure that um, there's really no barrier uh for these for these community members to get involved the, the other two or three things that we do real quick and then uh, we'll get on to izzy's answers is um we we run a latina mountain bike group and so yeah. th- three or four years ago we had a uh a woman who works in an, another nonprofit come up to me like hey i got a group of women will you teach them how to ride bikes i was like sure i'd I don't, I'm very limited in my Spanish. I, I call myself about 5% fluent. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, like, no, I, I'm taking lessons right now. So, but, but she said, that's great. They don't, uh, some of them don't speak a lot of English. I was like, great. We're going to get along awesome. And we're going to go ride bike. So we, you know, we're, we're creating these groups to make sure that um, women in the community, not just our high school and middle school girls get out because we realized that in order to help these high school and middle school girls, we also need family buy-in. And those moms are crucial. So we've started these programs and we've got a bike match program where we're bringing in, you know, hundreds of bikes a year and then fixing them up and then getting them out to community members that need them. So what really started is just kind of a, an idea for Tam and I to help some kids in our community has turned into this. And um, there was no great business plan for it or anything like that. We just kind of kept saying yes and feeling like we were doing something that was helping. So that's kind of how we started off. No, I love it. And that, I think that's the cool thing with like easy situation is, I mean, my understanding is that you, if I, if I remember now, keep in mind, like when we met, we were mountain biking on new trails. I was hypoxic <laughs> because I hadn't really been biking a whole lot due to a soccer injury that I experienced. But now you were a participant first, right? You see? Yeah, Jen. Yeah. And I loved riding bikes in the desert with you, by the way. Oh, so fun. fun. Yeah, we'll do it again. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, I was a participant in the program. Um, and I think, you know, what drew me to the program was like the uniqueness of it. Um, it yeah. was something that was so new to me. I was I was an athlete. You know, I played soccer, basketball, rugby in high school, uh, but nothing like mountain biking. Um, and I think uh, for me, really, it was 
just, you know, I didn't need a bike to, to be able to do this. They had the equipment for me. Um, I didn't even know how, like, I didn't even have to know how to mountain bike, um, because they were going to teach me. Um, it was honestly like too good to be true is what I thought. I was like, this, there's gotta be a catch here somewhere. Um, and I was hesitant at the beginning to, to join because it was scary to me. You know, I always yeah. thought that mountain biking was scary. Um, but you know, uh, standing there at a booth at high school, I remember my rugby coach coming up to me and he's like, you should do that. And I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> um, so for me, that's where it all started. And I think my experience with it was, again, scary, but fun. I had a team of, you know, my my peers. And a lot of them were my friends that joined because I joined. Um, and we were all Latina. There was like eight of us at that time riding mountain bikes. Um, and at the time we had Jamie, who was our coach, and she was very athletic, a very good coach. Um, and I think for us, like being able to just follow what she did, you know, she was such a good athlete that that's how we learned. Um, and back then, you know, it was, it was a lot of biking, um, a lot of learning how to bike. I think in the recent years, we've, we've kind of incorporated more of our mentorship into it. Um, but even then, I feel like we, um, we learned you know, those life life lessons through the mountain bike without them really being spoken. Um, So yeah, that was, that was kind of my experience with it. And I'm super happy to be back and provide that experience to our athletes. Um, So yeah. And what a full circle experience it must've been, you know, like you learned about them when you were in high school and actually, just out of curiosity, how did you find out about them? You said your coach is the one that told you. Is your rugby coach? Is that right? Yeah. Well, actually, so they had um, Jamie was just there with a, okay. with a little like table and flyers and oh. um, out in our, our little like lobby era, area, you could say. Um, Got it. Okay. And I looked at it and yeah, you know, I, I was hesitant, but I think that was my little push. You know, my rugby coach, someone I trusted was like, yeah, go ahead and do that. I was like, okay. Awesome. I mean, you're already doing rugby, which is pretty hardcore anyways. <laughs> so why not get on a couple of wheels and fly down a mountain? Well, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And there's nothing that, I, you know, for me, there's nothing that brings me greater joy than being on my bike. You know, yeah, it makes me scream in, in terror sometimes occasionally, but I think that's good. It adds a little zest to your life, right? Cool. Well, that's awesome. And and like I said a moment ago, you know, it, it sounds like such a full circle experience for you because you went through the program, you experienced it firsthand as a participant, as a student, and, you know, as an athlete. And I'm curious, like, when when and how did you turn around and think, hey, I want to actually be a part of this organization? What did that look like for you? Well, Jen, I think Isabel approached me and, you know, she, she had learned that I'd been in the program before. Um, I, you know, after high school, I think I didn't really think much about cycle effect, but she found me. I was working for a nonprofit clinic, and you know, I said, "Yeah, it'd be you know, it'd be cool to be a coach." And um, at first, I think I was uh, like, I guess, it's like uh, scared or shied away from it because I didn't know if I could be in that role and be you know someone that that the girls could uh, look up to or 
you know, that they could learn from. Um, so it was, it was a little uncomfortable stepping into that role of a coach. Um, but I, I think I went into it open-minded and, um, just tried to be what I kind of needed, um, back yeah. then when I was a student. Um, so yeah, that's, I started back coaching in 2018 and, uh, doing that part-time, uh, was super, super great. And I, and I think I, I learned a lot from the coaches then. And then I also learned a lot from the athletes, um, cause they kind of taught me, you know, this is what we need. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I loved it as a athlete and I, I fully support it now as, as a coach and now as a, you know, manager here, but, um, I think that it's it's very the mission is super special to me because it does focus on that BIPOC community and mm-hmm. um, I know that I wouldn't be out on the mountains you know if it wasn't for Cycle Effect I don't think I've I would have ever you know explored Summit County the way that I do now so um, yeah that's awesome and no better way to explore something than by bike and. You know, you made a very important point of just being a part of the, the good community and, you know, Summit County and other various counties here in Colorado that are almost majority uh, Latina or Latinx, I should say. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of folks don't realize that because, especially in the mountain biking community, because the people that sometimes we might see more often on the trail, you know, happen to have just more fair skin and, and aren't necessarily a part of that community. And the one way we can get more people, you know, more BIPOC individuals out on the trail is to support programs like this, you know, who are making it happen and are making, helping folks feel safe and in this community of belonging. And that's, that's kind of what I, I sense a lot of what you just described you see is is you felt that with your you know the eight other people from your school who were in your your little coaching group um it was a small coaching group but it made a big impact you all felt like you belonged and you felt like you were learning something new together which of course is a bonding experience I mean anyone who's listening right now think about your first few bike rides right you know chances are you probably learned from a friend or something like that where you're learning together, and there's that bond that can really be driven, which is so incredibly important, you know, for getting more people out on bike, you know, and, and getting more people out on trails and having that accessibility to the equipment that they might not normally have. So this is great. Thank you for sharing that story because that was really neat to know and try to like put together the fuzzy parts that I remember from our bike ride together. <laughs> um, I'm not the best at remembering everything when I'm riding, especially. Um, now, you did mention as a being a coach, uh, like there was some hesitancy around the you know initial start of being a coach, which is normal. You know, I've definitely gone through that. Especially, you start to question your own skills and things like that. So, what did you do to kind of overcome that initial feeling of like, oh gosh, you know? am I okay? Am I, am I a good enough writer? Like what were some thoughts that maybe were going through your head and how did you, how did you bypass those thoughts? Totally. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of compassion, Jen. Um, yeah. Knowing that, you know, I was rusty on my writing. 
I was learning to to be I loved how like a teacher you know to these girls um and I think just leaning on the other coaches there that had been um you know there for three four years and learning from them um but also just being vulnerable with the girls you know um showing them that asking questions is okay I feel like I I asked so many questions at the beginning I didn't know you know how things were were really run and like you know who leads the ride all these questions that I had um and I'd I'd, I also asked the athletes you know what what do you usually do you know in this situation and um so yeah a lot of compassion for myself and knowing that not knowing all of it was okay Um, and I'd figure it out along the way um I think that Isabel really um, gave me that comfort of like knowing that if I needed anything you know I she either herself or a coach could always help um but yeah and then a lot of courage on the bike to get back into speed with the girls because a lot of these girls are super fast and so um for me it was like okay you know you you know the basics I think it's like that muscle memory it's going to kick in um and trusting that it was going to be okay so yeah you have to just trust and I think the key word there that you mentioned was self-compassion and I think we could all probably use a good healthy dose of self-compassion, especially before we conquer trails that we've never been on before or start to try to try to do skills that maybe we haven't done before or are just not experienced with doing. And yeah, just being self-compassionate and then also, you know, vulnerable and letting folks know, uh, like, oh, wow, I haven't done this before, you know, kind of like when, when we did Joe's Ridge together out in Fruta, like, we were both, like, excited, but also I know for me, I, like, I was a little nervous because I knew we were getting into some steeper sections and steep, steepies are not my strength yet, big emphasis on the word yet, but we had that conversation. It was me, you, and Alana, and of course, Madge um, knew, and uh, some folks were testing out e-bikes, which is super fun, yeah. and and, you know, but the fact that we were able to kind of connect with one another and say, Hey, this is kind of where I'm at right now. Um, so everyone knew. And then when someone experienced a hurdle, like we all came together, which was so awesome. And we pulled one another through. And it sounds like you and your team and especially Isabel, uh, which is a fellow coach. And actually what is Isabel's role there with the organization? Uh, so Isabel um, has actually stepped out. I've um, okay. I was wondering. Yes, I've stepped into her position. Um, as Got it. County manager. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I think she was she was a big part of my coaching experience the last three years. So okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. And Isabel, for those of you who might not have listened to Dirtbag Diaries uh, podcast episode with the Cycle Effect, uh, they talked with Brett and Isabel in that episode, and that was just you know. I was already familiar with the the cycle effect before that episode was released, but then I just fell more and more in love with the organization after listening to that episode. So shout out to Dirtbag Diaries. I'll actually link, um, I'll I'll go ahead and throw a link in the show notes for folks who want to listen to that episode because I really do recommend listening. They're very good at storytelling, whereas for me, I'm more of an interviewer. So it's a nice little different approach if you want to also get to know Isabel's story. Um, Well, best of luck to Isabel. But now you're in her shoes. So how are you 
helping to support the other coaches maybe that are in Summit County. And since you said you're managing Summit County, um, how are you kind of taking the role on with that and supporting them? Um, I think, Jen, for me, being able to follow the values that the cycle effect um, has uh, adopted here, Um, you know, with the whole equity piece, um, Mm. the compassion, the courage. um, I feel like I use those as my guidelines to run the program here in Summit County. Um, We have coaches, you know, that are, you know, been biking for 10 years and we have coaches that just started biking a year ago. So I think that all goes to say as well with our athletes is, you know, what we're doing with our coaches, we're also encouraging our athletes to do. So um, for me, compassion, one for myself, um, not knowing it all, but, you know, trying my best to, um, you know, lean on my full-time staff, like, like Brett and, um, you know, get some direction from him on how to, um, you know, best, best run the program. But our coaches, you know, I think just building leaders is really what my approach is. Um, making sure that they have the tools that they need in order to succeed or, or to feel comfortable on the bike. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure if I answered your question there. No, that's perfect. No, it sounds like you're just trying to be, you know, like kind of what you hinted at earlier. You're just trying to be what folks provided to you when you were starting, you know, and what Isabel provided. So, so you're just carrying the torch forward, which is awesome. And that's what I love to see is yeah. just that, that little trickle down effect of uh, hopefully the listeners realizing that your actions now can impact, you know, someone else's actions later on. And mm-hmm. when you do work with your community and give to your community, you know, they want to usually continue to give to other people in their community. And it's really cool because it's just like throwing a rock into a lake, you know, and you're, you're having those little ripples go outward and they keep getting bigger and bigger. And I think that that's so cool. Yeah. And I I love that. And I definitely felt it when I was talking with you and Alana on our bike ride and just how excited and passionate you all were about it. And just, you know, the importance of inclusivity and access in, in our community, which is so amazing. And I think we just need to talk more about it. And the more we talk about it, hopefully the more it's on people's radars and the more that they'll be open to being a part of that ripple effect as you might. Um, okay. This is great. So I'm kind of curious. It sounds like, um, Jamie, your first coach was at your high school and had a little booth set up for, I guess, some students to maybe come and inquire about it. Is that your main way of connecting with other students and finding other students is, is to just go firsthand to the schools or how do you all do it? That's how do you, how do you get the word out? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Jen. Um, yes, definitely continuing that um, awesome. and going into schools, putting on a booth, putting on a bike clinic, you know, whether that be um, Sam, which is one of our um, coaches on the team. She has a little bit of mechanics so she'll go in there and you know maybe teach a little bit of bike mechanics to an outdoor education class um, something like that or um, another way that we've been also recruiting a lot of athletes is partnering with you know more organizations in our counties um, I'll throw mm-hmm. some out there like Building Hope which is a 
you know, a mental health organization, um, but we do a lot with them um, and their hype group, which is um, a group of youth that just come together to to do activities. So we'll do a couple rides with that group. Um, we've also teamed up with um, Pre-Collegiate, which is a um, group of, of people who are encouraging first-generation students to go to college. So they kind of help them along the way and make sure that they, you know, have a path or, or have that res- resources to get to, to college. So we'll partner with awesome. them as well. Um, but yeah, definitely continuing the Jamie Brady um, <laughs> tradition and, and going to schools and talking about cycle effects. Yeah, sometimes you have to kind of do that, that type of, uh, I don't even want to call it marketing because people think of like negatively about marketing, but marketing can actually be a very fun thing. Um, cause that's how you make the connections, uh, with your community. And yeah, in the old school, like we used to call it like guerrilla marketing, like get your, get your feet on the ground and, and, you know, shake hands with folks and really get to know people and build that connection and community and, and it can make such a big difference. So I love that you all do it kind of firsthand and you're working with other organizations. Um, You said the second organization, you said it was called Pre-Collegiate? Yes, Pre-Collegiate. Huh. Okay. That's actually new for me. So I'll have to to check them out, especially if they're working with like first generation students and things like that. That's really awesome. Because I know that was something that was very important for um, Isabel when she was talking about that earlier in the other podcast. So this is, this is awesome. So what about the cycle effect? Uh, in terms of future plans, like, are there any other plans to get into maybe different mountain towns going forward or other programs, any type of expansion, or are you just going to focus on the current counties that you're, that you're working with, which it sounds like it was Edwards, Summit, Eagle, and Grand Junction, you said like Sprout County or Steamboat. Um, are there any plans just to expand there and then kind of go outwards or what do you, what do you all think yeah, Jim. Sure. Um, yeah, so we've got a 10-year plan to be in 20 different communities and working wow. with over 2,500 kids. Um, and so what that looks like in 10 years, we don't exactly know. Um, that's that's for us to figure out. But that's kind of a benchmark that we set for ourselves last year. We're, we're just coming up on our – we literally just turned 10 like four days ago. <laughs> now that, now that we're in 2023. <laughs> thank you. So um, – so, a couple of things where, you know, growth is definitely on our radar and that's where we want to go. We think this program is very replicable in other communities. Um, The nice thing is we don't, you know, we're not reliant on ski mountains or we're not reliant on, you know, some other, we can ride bikes pretty much anywhere, right? We don't, I don't think we necessarily have it solved for the, you know, central Denver area, but in terms of the Western slope and, and Colorado mountains and potentially Utah or, you know, those types of spaces i think we're we're set up and ready to go that's what we've really focused on in the last couple of years is how to create systems and procedures so that um, we can make this growth happen um so now it's trying to find funding to do that and partners and and things like that um so that's kind of 10 years out and then i think every year we look at what we did the previous year and how do we make it better so not only are we trying to grow wider but also kind of deeper in our communities. So, <clears throat> excuse me, five years ago, we didn't really have an official mentorship program. 
you know, that, that, that curriculum, you know, we, we just knew getting kids on bikes was going to help them around positive role models and, and, and people that they kind of looked up to those lessons were learned just naturally by the, by the activity. Um, so we've, you know, that didn't even exist. So five years ago that that mentorship curriculum, the bike match program didn't exist two years ago. The Latina group only existed about three years ago. So we're constantly, looking at how we can support our communities more. Um, and we're very fortunate that a lot of great opportunities come our way and we get to partner with those organizations or um, people bring us ideas and we have to say no to a lot of ideas. Um, but yeah, I'm very confident that in the next two to three years, there will be continued to be growth in our programming in our current areas um, from a, from a number standpoint, but also just from like a depth of, of, and, and quality of programming, if that makes awesome. sense. We just, we're always open to those ideas kind of showing up and, and we've been lucky enough that they do. Yeah, no, definitely. And if you ever need a connection in the Denver or Colorado Springs area, I, I would be more than happy to connect you with some individuals who are doing some Latina exclusive clinics uh, that are bilingual. Actually, actually, they're not even bilingual. They're strictly in Spanish and I would love to see that that happen and that connection be made because they're looking to obviously grow their programs with Combo Women, and um, yep. yeah, I would I would love to to we'll touch base maybe after this. But and again, sure. I think that's what it's it, all about is just finding people who know other people that are willing to to make this happen and make it come to fruition, which is really awesome. Yeah, well, and we've been reached out to by quite a few organizations in the past, but in the past we didn't have the structure or the ability to kind of take on more. So hopefully, like I mentioned in the last couple of years, is we've really worked on how we do things and, and, and the why we're doing things that when people do approach us and say, hey, we'd love to partner with you on this. Our hope is now we can start to handle the more requests. We just yeah. weren't able to. We didn't have the infrastructure set up a few years ago to do that. Yeah, definitely. It's all about systems. I know it could be, and that's the yep. hardest part. I feel like put together, <laughs> like you can have all the connections in the world, but then, oh, if you don't have the systems in place. Well, sounds like that's my super really exciting organized. world in my role. Hey, Jen, hey I get it. Work on systems. <laughs> You're so behind the scenes. Great. You're behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's go. how it, that's how it gets done. And then you know, folks, other folks like EC and and uh, you know other team members obviously make it kind of make it happen. <laughs> they're the ones that they're, 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 they're the talent. ones that are I just I yeah. Just set them up. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Go. Hey, every talent needs their support. <laughs> right. Excellent. So. With some growth happening, you know, potentially in the future, do you plan on recruiting any additional team members or coaches? And if so, like, what does that look like? Sure. Izzy, why don't I talk organization-wide, then you can talk kind of specific programming. Does that work? That works. So, so we're, in order to do this and provide, you know, as much as we're providing to each athlete, you know, the, the athlete fees that we charge um, are minimal. And then if they aren't able to afford it, then a hundred percent of the, the girls that apply for scholarships are scholarshiped in, but we found that having somewhat of a price tag on it does help the families kind of feel like to have kind of some skin in the game in a way, like um, to appreciate the program more. We started out with no fees whatsoever. So um those fees really only cover 1% of the organization's expenses. And so we have fundraising staff, we have um, myself, you know, beyond our coaches. And so we're always looking to add people on a full-time staff level. And then um, 
you know, Izzy can talk about coaches and stuff like that, but really what the people we're adding are people that align with our values. That's the number one thing we hire on is, is this per, they may not have every skill we need, but um, that's, that's where we're, we're looking at least from a full-time program. And, and as we grow to 20 counties and stuff like that, we're going to need a lot more staff and infrastructure set up to help support, you know, that growth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what about the coaching? Yeah, let us know. Going from what uh, Brett said, definitely values. I think, um, you know, we're constantly trying to uh, build a program around those values. And so uh, for coaching, you know, I think every every county has, you know, different amounts of, of uh, athletes in each program. I think Summit County and Eagle County are um, you know, they've been more developed. So they're one of the bigger ones I have, I think 10 coaching staff now. Um, but Jen, I think, I think that's like just aligning from the values. That's how we recruit. Like I mentioned before, you know, that equity piece of having different coaches at different levels kind of brings, you know, a different mix into our group. Um, like Brett said, they could all have different skills, you know, um, I have a lot of coaches who are Latina and they've never mountain biked, but they, mm-hmm. they connect really well with their athletes. And so um, really that's, that's what I'm looking for connection. And um, yeah. I love it. And it, I think that's where it all starts is with that connection, you know, and, and finding that piece and, and filling that piece with the community and then it can just expand from there because I feel like the more, connected you are and the more the deeper that the relationships are which I know like when we were talking on our bike ride I I know that you're also into coaching outside of mountain biking too because that's how you and I connected and we, we kind of nerded out on that for a few moments um just with the health coaching aspect and things like that and and relationships and connection are so incredibly important they're, they're almost more important than the actual coaching process itself and you know, because it builds that trust with that individual and it, that's where the growth really happens going forward is like, just knowing that you, that you can trust that, that other person. And again, like you're in that safer space and, and you're feeling like you're, you're a part of something and, oh yeah, the community is so important. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, that is, that's what I always sense is kind of a driving uh, force behind, you know, organizations like the cycle effect is you want to connect with your community and you want to foster, foster that growth within your community to really expanding, of course, ideally expanding with more BIPOC individuals and, you know, and yeah. And just establishing that, that mutual love of mountain biking, <laughs> hopefully, even when you do start and maybe you have never mountain biked before, or like you mentioned, you have some coaches that have, that haven't really done it a lot or done it at all, and, but they really want to be there for the community. I think that's incredibly important. Um, Brett, I accidentally muted you, so feel free to unmute, you know, whenever, but I would love to know for both of you, you know, how, how can our mountain biking community donate to and or support the organization, you know, what are some, some ways that we can show up for the organization if this is a mission that really speaks to, to the listeners? Sure. Um, a couple ways. One, 
We're active on Instagram and Facebook. If you want kind of that quick fix on social media, those are the places to go. Um, I think we send out a pretty informative newsletter um, that people can start getting some information on and learning what we're about. Um, and then uh, obviously you can go onto our website and uh, donate if you want to support us financially. We have had uh, calls out for used bike equipment in the past, um, and then we get inundated with it and we don't know what to do with it all because <laughs> so many people send us stuff. Um, so we kind of do that kind of in phases uh, for our bike match program. So I think really social media is the best way to learn about what we're doing and future events coming up uh, and really kind of just be inspired by what our girls are doing and what our coaches are, are, are helping them with. I think it's, it's always fun to, to turn on my social media and see, you know, kind of what our organization is doing. It, it's great. So um, that's the way I would start. And then if you're interested in becoming a coach or something like that, we do have a tab on our website where uh, I think it's price says get involved, something along that line. And there's a quick application there. And then one of our managers is usually in touch with that person in two to three days. And, and we see if it's a good fit. Awesome. And is that, do you have to live in the county that you're serving or can you be relatively um, close? You don't have to, but it's, so Preferred. the the thing that we're looking for is some level of consistency. And so that mm -hmm. might be once a month, that might be once a week, that might be two days a week from January until November, right? So the the manager and the, the applicant can certainly um, decide what consistency is, but that's really what we're looking for. So if you live in let's say Leadville and you want to work in summit, that's absolutely fine. We just want some level of consistency because as we, what I've learned is that the, the, the coaches that are here the longest absolutely have the best um, relationship with the girls to make the biggest impact. And so we're looking, you know, obviously living in the County helps, but it doesn't, it's not a deal breaker in any way, shape or form. We just want that level of consistency. So the girls can say, Oh, coach mm -hmm. Jen's going to be here today because yeah. she shows up every Monday or something like that. Yeah. That's kind of the easiest point. No, I totally get it. Kind of to her point, you know, like, Hey, you have to show up in order to kind of develop that bond with the community. So that makes complete sense. Exactly. Awesome. Anyone who's listening, I will share the links to how you can connect to the cycle effect, but you can find them on Instagram at the cycle effect. And then their website is the cycle effect dot org. They are a nonprofit. Keep that in mind. Um, well, that's fantastic. Is there anything else that either one of you would love to, to chat about and kind of add on to our discussion right now? Jen, really, I just want to say I can't wait to ride Joe's Ridge with you again and yes. be out in the desert. Um, thank you so much for having us. I, um, it's really special to share the story, um, you know, from my perspective with the cycle effect. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a growth place for me both, you know, on the bike and off the bike. So um, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on because honestly, and I'm Brett, I'll let you, you know, kind of finish this out here in a second, but hearing your story, like, I feel like you are kind of a, an ideal like example of what the cycle effect does for the community and, and, and how the mission really spreads to the community because yeah, again, you've gone full circle from you know being a participant to being a coach and now managing Summit County. You're managing a whole county yourself, which is pretty wild, uh, and all of the programs involved. Not to not to make it sound scary or anything easy, no, <laughs> but but no, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
Brett, did you want to add something? Yeah, I would just say like, to, to your point, you know, we now have Izzy working for us. We've got Coco, who's basically one of our first program uh, participants in Eagle County. She's now on our board of directors um, and, you know, who's now technically my boss, (laughs) which which she loves. Um, So like we're starting to see this. We're starting to see girls coming back. Um, But when we're talking about starting with girls in fifth grade and getting them through high school and then college, like that's a that's a 10 year commitment and stuff like that. So we're really just starting to see what I hope is the the culmination of, you know, and, and Izzy's that, you know, one of the first great examples of that. Do they have to work for us? Absolutely not. But, you know, we want them just to be active in the community and, and hopefully whenever their families start, um, their kids are riding bikes and we're making that, you know, multi-generational effect. Um, that, that's, that's the hope. And so I'm just following up like Izzy is a great example and hopefully we see a lot more of those um, in the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Let's make it happen. So listeners, if this is really speaking to you, Definitely check out the cycle effect, see what they're doing, especially if you are in the mountain towns here in Colorado. If you're not in Colorado, this is the thing to remember. There are other organizations that are in California and other various states around the the U.S. here and and around the world, really, that are trying to implement similar programs. Uh, The importance thing, and and I will go ahead and, and, you know, commend Brett, is Brett didn't want to be the center of attention on today's podcast, which is great. And and I think it's important to find other organizations that also do that as well. Like they want the other individuals, especially, you know, individuals that reflect the population in which they're serving, they want them to be the center and it should be, um, the conversation should be centered around those individuals. So it's a little bit of a, a fine line, I think, for organizations really making an impact in our community, but seek them out in your community. And I really urge folks, if this is something that speaks to you, you know, definitely look to see what your community has. All right. I'm going to end the the episode with that folks. Again, check the, the links in the show notes. I will go ahead and, and list them there for you to learn more about the cycle effect. Thank you. Thank you again to both of you for joining me today. I really appreciate your time and I'm so grateful you took the time out of your schedule to join us. It was great. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>